good morning, good evening, and salutations from Cage over here with the Cask Effect podcast. Today I'm going to bring you another entry into our Quartercast series, and we're going to do a quick tasting of a, a whiskey that I was very excited to track down, something that many of you, specifically Scotch lovers, are probably familiar with. And it really does impact the game a lot, considering it's a blended whiskey. Now, as a whiskey connoisseur, uh, there are some varying opinions on uh, blended whiskeys. Some people turn their nose up at it and believe that blended whiskeys are inferior. And then others are a little more open-minded and can appreciate blended whiskey for what it is. Uh, which is essentially uh, an experiment in, in flavor and profile and the ways that you can combine different malts and agings and maturing processes into one great combination act. Now today's tasting is going to be with Compass Box uh, and like I said I'm very excited for this one um, because Compass Box is one of those blended whiskeys that does carry a very very good reputation even amongst purists. Now, if you're familiar with the history of blending, it, it did start out in such a way that it, it harmed uh, a lot of distilleries. Uh, when certain distilleries were struggling uh, back centuries ago, uh, really finding it difficult to put out product uh, and, and market that product and have a consistent uh, basis of purchase and, and just making income, making revenue on it, uh, blenders started to figure out that they could reach a much wider market by combining everything together and putting out, um, in, in some cases, less offensive products, but certainly more mild products that appeal to a much larger audience. And purists over time started to dislike blends because they associated blends with the demise of many of the distilleries uh, in, in Scotch whiskey's history. However, times have changed, things have evolved whiskey boom is happening it's been happening for decades now and blends have changed as well just like everything else and compass box has come in and really laid a foundation with some of their experiments and some of their creations specifically peat that's a big focus of compass box you find a lot of their offerings do focus heavily on peat and peat experimentation Uh, those of you familiar with the peat monster know exactly what i'm talking about that is a really heavily peated blend um, that's excellent. It has raving reviews and a lot of fans around the world, despite it being a blend. So, a few years ago, uh, the team over at Compass Box decided to do a little bit more exploring, and they decided to create a series, though it wasn't supposed to be a series initially, uh, to study heavily peated malts uh, and just see what they could come up with. And this involved blending uh, various whiskeys, um, with the focus being heavily peated, typically Isla whiskeys, along with uh, additional elements to try to put together this masterpiece, this crescendo. And the version I have here is what they call their No Name Number Three release. Now, every one of the whiskeys in the series is titled as a No Name. Uh, and like I said, this is the third one in that series. So this one, they believe, is their best experiment yet. And we're about to find out if that holds true. Now, I don't have a ton of experience with the earlier uh, whiskeys in that series, 
But from what I understand and from the other whiskeys I've had that are combined within those blends, uh, I, I can get an idea of what they were going for along with prior tastings. And based on, again, the raving reviews of some of those prior no-name releases, I am extremely excited to try this number three. So, without further ado, let's pop this one up and uh, see what we're working with. Alright, so, first things first, let's talk about what's in this whiskey. You've got several sources, uh, mostly Isla-based sources, and the big one here, the, the really strong hitter is going to be the Lafroy Distillery. Now they've got 74.7% of this blend being from Lafroy from Richard Hogshead casks. Now you do have another 11, uh, nearly 11.5% of Bamor uh, from refill bourbon barrels. And beyond that you've got Mortlock, you've got uh, some Highland malt blends, you, you've got some other stuff making up that remaining you know, 15%. So it's heavily, heavily dominated by those, those two Isla whiskeys, specifically Lafroy. And if you're familiar with Lafroy, you know that that is one of the heavy hitters uh, when it comes to peated malt whiskeys. You're going to get the strongest notes of smoke and uh, what some say iodine, uh, even bacon. That's what I pick up a lot with, with Lafroy offerings. So it's going to be very meaty. It's going to be very smoky earthy, just raw, traditional Isla flavors. And you definitely pick that up on the nose. The, the nose is, it's just, <laughs> you hate to say it this way, but it, it is a pungent smell. It, it It's just that Laphroaig smell, that's the best way I can describe it. And those who are familiar know what I'm talking about. Uh, you get some of that seaweed, uh, you get that smoke, that earthen just uh, it's hard to describe you know it, you just associate it with those distilleries and with that location you can pick up some of the pungent cheese notes uh, again bacon is what I pick up I pick up a lot of that smoked meats uh, the, the sizzling fat you imagine uh, <laughs> putting bacon um, on, on a skillet and letting it cook and and uh, maybe dropping some cheese in with it uh, it's it's just that kind of that kind of scent that kind of smell um, and and so right off the bat it's living up to the hype of no name number three being the peatiest and the strongest of expressions in this series um, it's not the strongest I've ever nosed uh, but it is definitely up there uh, very very strong you know, again, campfire, meaty smoke, um, some some rubber, some seaweed, traditional, just Isla smells. <laughs> but but it's it's a beautiful thing. If if you are a lover of peated whiskeys, this is for you. You will absolutely fawn over this. It's fantastic. Now, if you are not a big peat lover, or maybe you're beginning your foray into peat. I might recommend taking it slow. Uh, this is something that uh, you, you definitely would, would be better off taking a small sample of, uh, taking it slow, seeing if it's something that you're interested in. This is definitely not an, an intro to peat journey. This is a uh, exploration into peat lovers, uh, you know, own taste and preferences and, and really establishing itself in the heavy hitters and the, the peated whiskey brands. So, 
that's our nosing. Uh, let's see uh, what this is going to do on the palate. That is sublime. That's fantastic. The the mouthfeel, it's light. It's not super oily um, like I typically get from Lafroy's. Um, so there may be something to do with that blend there or some of the aging uh, of these whiskeys. But it, it's still pleasant. Uh, it still coats my mouth in a pleasant way. It, it, it doesn't go down too quickly where the, the flavor does not linger. It, it balances itself very well, I think, um, with, with that mouthfeel, with that consistency. And right off the bat, again, just like the nose, you get a lot of that smoke right off the, the, the tongue, right off the palate. Um, it, it, it's a very charcoal, campfire, just old driftwood kind of smoky taste. Um, you, you do still get some of the smoked meats, but not quite as much. Uh, in the mouth um, but you, it still lingers just a bit uh, I, I do get some of that funky cheese taste a little bit still the iodine's there traditional isla pea it's what you expect if it's not there something's wrong but once you get past this initial smokiness and I can get more of the, the smoked meat and the cheese flavors now I'm starting to pick up some fruits um got some orange in there you've got some light citrus it's not overbearing it bounces out very well with the smoke um, but it I don't know if it really follows what I typically get for most Lafroigs I, I don't get a whole lot of the lighter citrus flavors um, so being a nearly 75% Lafroig offering it's it, it is a little bit different um, but super good. I mean, I'm very impressed with that balance. Um, just, man, the, the peat smoke, that flavor, it's just phenomenal. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Cask Effect podcast. This stems from our passion for good whiskey and also good company, and the latter is always better with you joining us. Look for us wherever you find your podcasts. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And please share us with your friends. You can also find us on Instagram at brothers underscore in underscore whiskey. And that's whiskey without the E. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Uh, and another sip follows up. It mellows out a little bit. You're still getting that smoke, but... Now I can pull in more of those fruits and some more of the meaty flavors. The initial sip on this, it, it has a bit of a numbing effect on the tongue. This isn't a super sharp, super strong whiskey, but it's still, it's about a uh, nearly 50%. It's a 48.9%. It's not light by any means. It's not a, a cask strength, but it, it hits a little bit harder for me than what I would typically expect a sub 50 to hit. Um, it is a little bit stronger. So that initial sip was a bit numbing and I think it's just overpowering when you combine the strong strong smoke notes on the nose and and you get that initially on the palate it, it does kind of hit you hard uh, and you need to come back and revisit it. you need to let it sit you need to do slow sips slow tasting slow nosings so you can take time to balance out your palate get used to what you're experiencing 
and then be able to pull more of the actual flavors in uh, beyond just that first hit of smoke. So again, just that nice citrus, that nice fruity, fruity flavor. Um, in a way, it's kind of tropical even. Uh, maybe it's that beachy combination, some of that seaweed, sea salt kind of idea, along with, again, those oranges. There may be a bit of a zest, like with um, pineapple, uh, something similar like that. Not quite cherry uh, to me, but maybe maybe a bit of that pineapple kind of flavor, because you get that sharpness and that tang uh, with that and the orange. Um, very pleasant, very, very good. And the smoke continues to linger in a, in a very pleasing way. Um, it, it's a bit peppery. It's not quite as much as some others that I've had, especially Isla whiskeys. Not quite as peppery and salty that those seem to be. And I think that may be the balance of some of these other whiskeys that are blended in. So I, I see where Compass Box is coming with, with their approach on this series is you've got that heavy hit of peat but it's so well balanced. You've got so much more depth there than you sometimes get from some of those whiskeys. Where I can pull in more of, of these fruits and, uh, and these depths of, of flavor that I, I just don't normally get. Um, so it, this is a fantastic experience. Um, so overall, I, I, I'm very pleased. I, I definitely recommend this whiskey, um, I will say. It, it is a bit harder to find so unfortunately this is not one that you can typically just walk into any package store and, and find um, I got very fortunate when I found it I, I found it at a store that I frequented before and it just so happens that the owner is a very big fan of compass box whiskey so she makes a special effort to get them in whenever they're released um, but I will say from living in Alabama I have not seen any of these at any of our state stores, uh, so that does suggest it's probably not going to be at many state stores countrywide if you are U.S. based, and I, unfortunately I cannot speak for anywhere outside of the U.S., um, but regardless, it is a special release from Compass Box, and, and Compass Box already is a, a little bit harder to find anyway. Um, just based on their brand and the types of releases they do and their price point uh, which would be the other thing to mention about this it's not a cheap whiskey uh, I, I want to say I paid around $130 for it $125 for it um, so I got it for, and I got it for a fair price as well you can often see these run upwards of $200 uh, in, in US pricing uh, and so it, that right there prohibits a lot of people from jumping in and trying it uh, so again that's why I really recommend if you have any chance to try this in a bar setting or if you're very familiar with uh, a bar owner who may be able to get a bottle of this try that do what you can to make that happen because you'll be very very pleased with it um, I'm I don't regret my purchase I'm very happy with my purchase uh, I, I, 130 is a lot of money to spend and I think that that's a fair value for what I'm getting out of this bottle and my experience with it. But I will say that if you're paying much more than that, that might be pushing it. Um, because at the end of the day, it is still a sub-50 proof blended whiskey. And that's just something to remember. Despite the quality that I'm getting, you are still paying a very premium price for this blend. And for some people, that just, that just doesn't work. 
uh, and that's okay. Uh, that's why everyone has their preferences and their tastes. So hopefully my brief little review here will give uh, someone uh, insight into whether or not they want to pursue this. Um, from a flavor standpoint, I'm definitely putting this high up on, on my ranking, uh, a ranking of which Taylor and myself still need to, to figure out. We need to get our ranking system together so we can do a better job of actually assigning uh, a standardized score to whiskeys that we try. Um, but short of us having an official system, I would say that this definitely ranks very high uh, in my categories of nosing, of taste, of mouthfeel, of overall quality, of packaging, and price. Uh, the, you know, within all those categories, I really think it's a strong hit across the board. Uh, it, to me, it's a fantastic product, uh, and I would definitely recommend it. So that will be all for this quarter cask episode. Uh, I'm so, so thankful for any of you that took your time to listen. Um, as always, we appreciate feedback. So go find us on Instagram at brothers underscore in underscore whiskey. And that's whiskey without the E. And let us know your thoughts. Uh, give us suggestions for ways that we can improve or give us ideas for future episodes. We're always happy to take ideas and, and try to make that stuff happen. So in the meantime, thanks a bunch. Sanjeeva. Cheers, and we'll see you again soon. Bye.